Well, good morning, everyone. Our gospel reminds me of three experiences that I've had at table with friends of mine. The first one comes from my years in high school. Now, I bet my experience wasn't much different than yours. Think back for a moment, if you will, to the lunchroom in your high school where you sat and ate with your friends. I remember going to the lunchroom at Winter Park High a long time ago in a place far, far away and finding the table where my friends sat. It was always the same table every day and you pretty much stayed with the people that were in your class. A sophomore would never be invited to sit at the table with seniors unless that sophomore was really cool. And let's face it, that just never happened, right? Even with sitting with your friends, you knew where you could sit. There was kind of a, a pecking order. Now, it's been a while since I sat at a high school lunchroom table, but I bet it hasn't changed all that much over all these years. The second experience that I'd like to share with you was at a wedding that I attended not too long ago. The daughter of a friend of mine from college was married and we were attending a very nice sit-down dinner at the Hilton in Altamont Springs. When the guests arrived at the reception, they had a table set aside with the names and table assignment with a little placard on it so that you could find your name and find your table. You know, I guess back at the time of Jesus, they didn't have placards. I don't know, but I'm just guessing that. At any rate, my seat was at the table with the bride's mother and father, very near to where the bride and groom sat, a seat some might have considered a table of honor. You know, in many ways, our society is all about prestige, labels, and status. You have to have that newest Apple cell phone, right? Wear the latest style. Buy that expensive house. Have the newest car. Get that management promotion that you've worked so hard for and that you've wanted for so long. Some of you may be thinking, hey, Deacon, wait a minute here. I've worked hard for everything that I have and have provided well for my family. What's wrong with that? And you know, I would say you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. Having nice things is not inherently evil by any means. However, I would also say, remember everything given to you is a gift from the Almighty. Gift, you might say? Yes, that job you have, you may feel that you've earned it by hard work and a lot of sweat equity, but my friends, I would counter that God has gifted you with the charisms, the skills, and the abilities that you have which enable you to do exactly what it is that you're doing. You see, there's a responsibility and accountability for the gifts that we've been given. Luke 12, 48 tells us, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. 
Never forget the God who called you into creation by name and knitted you together in your mother's womb was also the same God who called the person sitting next to you into creation, as well as that person who cut you off in traffic the other day. You see, we're all children of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a radical invitation to get beyond our own self-centered worldview and to do our part to protect and liberate the most vulnerable children of God. Matthew Kelly, in his book, Rediscovering Jesus, An Invitation, imagines what it would be like if Jesus had his own airline. Now, for those of you who travel, you know what it's like to wait in line to board a plane. Even though everyone on the plane will take off together and land together, there's a certain order for boarding. With elite status, you board early, and you might even get upgraded to sit in first class, not with the unwashed and coach. The following is an excerpt from Kelly's book, and it gives us an idea of, of how Jesus' air might work. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jesus' air. We do things differently here. We are so delighted that you are joining us, and we are looking forward to serving you so that you can have an incredible flight experience. At Jesus Air, we board by zones. Zone one is our first boarding zone and consists of those with absolutely no status in this world. The lowest of the low, someone with no frequent flyer points. Zone two consists of our silver members. Zone three is for our gold members. Zone four for our platinum members. And finally, zone five, in which there will only be middle seats and absolutely no overhead space for carry-ons. Well, that's for our privileged diamond class. At Jesus Air, our motto is, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Thank you for flying Jesus Air. You know, let's face it. We all enjoy VIP service, but Jesus tells us that the least among us deserve it too. Which brings me, my friends, to my third table experience. My third table experience is this meal that we're all going to share together from this table, the altar, this Eucharistic banquet. My friends, it's at this table that we share the one Lord and we are all equal. The challenge we should take from this experience is to recognize the least among us, the least in our community. How do we treat them? Jesus is telling us that we should be giving them preferential treatment. Sobering, isn't it? Some might say radical. Our gospel informs us, informs us of our serious and inescapable obligation to the poor. I would add, not just necessarily the poor in wealth, but also for those who are poor in spirit. You see, 
it's impossible to separate the spiritual teachings of Jesus Christ from his social teachings. Just as it's impossible to separate our love of God for our love of neighbor. The dual command to love God and love neighbor are inseparable. It's easy to say, I love God. It's easy to say, I'm a Christian. It's easy to say, I'm Catholic. But Jesus challenges us to prove it by how we live our life. You see, my friends, at the end of the day, our love of neighbor is the proof, the love we have for the Almighty.